Hey, my monkeys, what's up? You're listening to the Armed Ape Podcast with your old buddy Uncle Silverback. Today is Sunday. It's the 3rd of June, 2012. All right, let's go ahead and get our contact info out of the way. If you'd like to contact the show, there's a couple of different ways you can do that. You can use the voicemail, which is area code 206-745-APE1, 206-745-2731. Or if you'd like to record your own audio file, a WAV file, or an MP3 and attach it to an email. Or if you'd like to have me read out your email for you, I'd be more than happy to do that. And you can send that to me at thearmedape at gmail.com. All one word, thearmedape at gmail.com. Hey, monkeys, thanks for sticking with me. I know it has been a long time since I've been able to put out a show. I was able to do one on my uh, other show, Firearms Cafe, a couple weeks ago, and I gave the uh, sort of a cliff notes version of of some of the reasons why I haven't been able to. Uh, So suffice it to say that uh, if if you haven't heard that show over there, that basically there were some medical issues, some heart issues with my dad, and I needed to go back and uh, make sure that some things got... uh, Oh, affairs got put in order and that type of stuff. So, but he's doing well now. And uh, but it was a situation where it, you know, it could have gone, uh, could have gone the other way. So anyway, I also want to say thanks for everybody that uh, sent in well wishes and was uh, asking how I was doing that type of thing. So I really appreciate that and thank you guys for uh, for contacting me and uh, and inquiring. It meant a lot. Now. I live in Arizona, my dad lives in Oklahoma, so I got to experience some TSA nonsense. Um, the As a little background here, there is no direct flight from Phoenix to Tulsa anymore. You you either have to, in my case, I, had to, I flew out to Tennessee, to Memphis, and then had to get on another plane and come back. Um, sometimes, you know, depending on where you're flying... You'll fly into a certain area. You'll still stick on the plane, and then they'll, they'll you know, they'll maybe come back down to uh, Tulsa or something like that. Uh, so at the Tennessee airport, I didn't really have to go anything because I was already in, I guess, what they would consider a secure area. Uh, on the way back, when I was leaving from Tulsa Airport uh, to come back here, I had to fly on into Salt Lake, and then from Salt Lake, I came back down in here. Now, when I left through Phoenix, they they have the uh, Naked body scanners, I don't know what the official name for them is, uh, but they weren't they weren't using them. They just had us go through the regular metal detector. And when I was in Tulsa on the way back, that's all they, they have. The, um, every line you go through has the naked body scanners, which for me, you know, it's, it's not that big a deal to have to go through that. I would prefer not to. The thing that bothers me the most is when they're doing like the real invasive, invasive, excuse me, and super aggressive uh, pat downs. Um, I, I really think a lot of that stuff is unnecessary. So anyway, I went through through the through the uh, naked body scanner, and what I was wearing at the time uh, was just basically some REI kind of nylon pants that are that are. Uh, 
you'd consider it almost like a summer pant. They're basically the kind where you the legs zip off, if you know what I'm talking about. And they can be either pants or shorts. Uh, so anyway, the, the reason that the that what they're made of is important is they're not like super thick Carhartt jeans or anything. They're super thin nylon. And so I went through the scanner, and then the guy's like, oh, do you have anything in your left pocket? And I'm like, no. And I didn't really think about it until a little bit later, but I was like, no, I don't have any paper or anything. He's like, oh, well, we're seeing something there. And so he just did a... Uh, um, it wasn't, you know, what I would even consider to be a enhanced pat down. All he did was just put his hand on the sort of like the like where your pocket is, and just kind of moved his hand, you know, over that area to see if there was anything in there. And then that was pretty much it. But it it really kind of brings up a lot of questions, and uh, some of the questions are: How come if they've got these machines? it's still good enough for me to just go through a regular metal detector in Phoenix. How come if these things are, are so great, how come I'm not having to go through these everywhere? And then also if these things are so great, how come it can't really, how come it has problems or is giving a false reading on a pair of very thin nylon pants? I mean, shouldn't this thing, you know, supposedly they can see your nuts and they can see your bush and your titties and all this other stuff. So if it's that powerful, how come it's not, it can't, it can't see through a layer of nylon pants? I don't, I don't, you know, really get that. Um, and the only conclusion you can really come to is I think it was just sort of, you know, maybe like a false positive. Now, luckily I didn't. Or it's just something, I mean, or, it's, uh, and by false positive, I mean, they just, they just pretend that something's there. Uh, they tell their people, oh, you know, at random, just tell somebody there's a blockage or there's, there's something, seems to be something in their pocket. And then, you know, kind of do a, a little mini pat down or something. Um, and again, the only reason I can really think of that is just to get people used to being touched, used to. Uh, having invasive stuff so that if later on down the road uh, more things come down the pipe, you're you're kind of already used to it. Uh, but anyway, I, I just kind of wanted to sort of relay that experience. And uh, now, to the guy's credit, you know, he was very professional and you know uh, didn't have any you know bulges in his pants when he was touching me or anything like that. Um, and it was a, a super quick thing, you know, he didn't, it wasn't a lingering thing. Uh, but, you know, we've all seen the videos on YouTube and, and heard the stories of some of these guys that get overzealous and uh, uh, and really kind of take it too far. Uh, and I think I've talked about it on the show before that years ago, I worked at air, airport security and we did pretty much the same thing, except we didn't have... Uh, you went through, a, you, you put the bags, the carry-on bags and stuff, went through an x-ray machine. And if you couldn't really make out what was there, then that's when you would you would do what they would call a bag, a bag check. So you and another employee and the person would go back and kind of go through the stuff. And uh, that way it kind of, and at the time this was a private company that was contacted, contracted through, excuse me, uh, I think maybe through the airlines altogether and then also through the uh, through the airport itself type deal. So anyway, um, 
and and stuff was fine, you know. So I, I really think a lot of this stuff is just uh, kind of dog and pony stuff. And it's, uh, you know, if, if you actually take a little bit of time to follow the money, you see that the guy who was the former head of Homeland Security is the guy whose company or who's affiliated with the company that makes the naked body scanners. So, you know, it doesn't take much imagination to see why those are in the airports. It's not for any safety. It's basically so... Uh, some guy, uh, you know, some cronies of the government can make money uh, and they can give kickbacks to the, you know, to the people in charge and stuff like that. Tony, Brad from West Michigan. Hey, man. Um, really been enjoying the show. You've been putting some great podcasts out lately, lately and I appreciate it. Hey, I want to send in a quick review here uh, of a product called uh, The Wonderful and Mighty Magic Jack. Um, You've probably seen the infomercials and the ads and whatever else about the Magic Jack. And uh, a buddy of mine was totally sold on it, and he ended up getting me one for Christmas, so I got a chance to try it out. What does it do? Well, it's designed to basically be um, a way for you to make telephone calls local and long distance. Uh, what I would call very inexpensively, you pay a yearly fee. I think it's like thirty bucks. Um, I think mine, mine did come with the first year for free included in the purchase, um, and it does it very well. Uh, you know, it uses your internet connection that you have at home. There are two models. There's one that plugs into the USB port of your computer, and then you plug your phone line from your telephone into that. The other model doesn't require a computer. You just plug it into an outlet to power it. It's got a built-in NIC, and then you just take your Ethernet cable from your router, plug it in directly into the Magic Jack, and you're good to go. Of course, the benefit there is you don't have to have your computer up and running all the time in order to make calls. Regardless of whether your Magic Jack is up and running or not, you will always be able to receive calls. Your phone won't ring, but people will be able to call you, and they'll be able to, and they'll be moved to, uh, they'll be pushed to uh, voicemail. So they'll be able to leave you voicemails. Any voicemails you receive do get forwarded on as uh, as audio files to your email address. So that's kind of handy. That's kind of cool. So as far as making calls, receiving calls, that kind of thing, it's great. It does a great bang-up job. As long as your internet connection is pretty solid, you're good to go. The software interface that comes with it is absolutely the worst piece of junk I've ever seen in my life, bar none. Yeah, it does what you need it to do, but oh my god, they they could have put some effort into it. Um, It was almost unbelievable to me that they didn't allow any kind of importing of existing address books, whether it be from Outlook, or if you have a Mac from your address book from a Mac, or anything. You have to start from scratch, period. It's horrible. Who was the brainiac that thought that was a good idea? Um, and it's really basic. It does the basic functionalities and that's it. So it gets you by. It's horrible though. Uh, so I would, so yeah, what I would change about it, the entire, I would just throw the entire software package that comes with it out the door and start from scratch. They need somebody with half a brain to just get that thing rolling and get it started and, and just do a complete revamp. Anyways, you can see where I'm coming from on that. Um, but I'd highly recommend it, though. As a, it's a solid product overall for what for what you're going to use it for. Um, so if anybody's out there looking for, looking for an alternative, 
If they have a landline still for whatever reason, um, it does do 911 service by the way. You register your line, your phone number, and uh, it will allow you to do 911 service from your address, which is kind of cool too. Other than that, brother, it's a straightforward device. I would recommend it um, as long as your expectations are where they need to be. And uh, hope this helps. We'll talk to you soon, Tony. Mm, bye. Hey, Brad. Thanks for sending that in. Great to hear from you again. I haven't really had any experience with that thing. I did have a couple of friends that tried out the Magic Jack. And I think there's another company that does something that's real similar. Uh, but again, I haven't had much experience with it. The one buddy of mine uh, up the street that tried it didn't like it, and they eventually got rid of it. Uh, and, and for them, it wasn't that big a deal because, again, like you're saying, I guess it's only, uh, did you say, I think you said it was $30 a year. Uh, so it's not like you'd be out too much. But, you know, it may be a thing where uh, if where you were, you you uh, didn't have a cell phone or cell service, um, or it just didn't reach to you, it may be a way to where you could do stuff, especially if you're a little bit more remote and you maybe had an internet connection uh, through a satellite dish or something like that. Uh, so again, thanks for that, Brad. Hope to hear from you again real soon. Kind of on a similar note, I do have a buddy of mine that was talking to him the other day, and he was saying that they are thinking about getting rid of their landlines. Uh, the cell phones that they have right now, I, I don't, I don't think they're smartphones. And he said that their contracts were running out on their old stuff and they're just going to go ahead and upgrade. So what they thought they would do is just go ahead and pay and just get rid of the, the um, their landline altogether and just get a couple of cell phones. And when he said he was kind of crunching the numbers, he said he thought it would he would actually end up getting more services um, because he would be able to you know surf the Internet on their phones, and they would be able to have long distance. They'd be able to um, send and receive texts or pictures, you know, or photos and stuff like that. So anyway, he's thinking about doing that. So they're all alternatives. And uh, we have some other friends, too, that they had, oh, geez, this was a couple of years ago. They got rid of their landlines. And at that time, it was, it was a little bit more uh, of a rare thing, but it seems like nowadays... Most people are doing stuff to get rid of their landlines just because you don't need them. Uh, the coverage is good enough now with cell phones. You get voicemail, you get text messaging, you know, all that kind of stuff is usually uh, pretty much thrown in uh, with with your service contract and everything. So, Hey, Tony, my fellow monkeys. This is Ken from originally from Colorado wanted to go ahead and call in a short review that I promised uh, oh, a little over a month ago and <laughs> haven't got around to doing until now. In any case, I want to talk just a little bit about today about Rope in a Bag, which is a uh, cam buckle suspension trainer. Um, probably the most well-known suspension trainers out there are the TRX systems. And I've been using one of those out here on deployment, the, the military TRX system. And so I've been talking to my wife, you know, about wanting to get one of these. And when I got home on, or for a leave, um, she surprised me. She had purchased a rope in a bag, military strap cam buckle suspension trainer. Um, 
off of Amazon instead of the TRX. And I was a little skeptical at first because it was $25 shipped. Um, I still see that Amazon has these for $19.99 before shipping. And they're sold through a company called Wass Enterprises. Um, so I think the shipping gone up a little bit now. Or the price kind of seems to vary month to month or whenever I look at this. But right now they're uh, $19.99 plus $747 shipping. And I got to use it all while I was home on leave. And uh, so I think I have a good feel enough to give an initial review of it. Um, I didn't bring it back with me to Afghanistan. Uh, I came back and I've just been using the TRX system again. But I think um, I have enough of a comparison both to make a good recommendation on it. Um, so what is it? Uh, the rope in a bag, or for that matter, the TRX system, are both what are called suspension trainers. And it helps if you just look this thing up to kind of get a visual of it. It's hard to describe over just audio. But basically, you have a strap system that comes down into two straps with handles uh, that you can do a variety of exercises with. You can put this up in your home or your garage. Um, and really, like I even took it along as we did a little road trip out to Arizona and I used it in the hotel room. So very compact, very to eat, easy to use piece of equipment. Um, the rope in a bag comes with a door jam uh, strap for the top. And so using an external door, you don't really want to use this on an internal door of your house or apartment, but to, uh, to a more reinforced external door, what you can do is you can, you put the, the door jam uh, part of the strap through the door, close the door, and then you can lean out from, from the door and, and use the suspension trainer and Basically, it'd, it'd probably help if you just looked up uh, TRX exercises on YouTube to get a sense of everything you can do. But you can do a really wide variety of exercises with these pieces of equipment. And uh, the thing I really like about it is it's all functional exercise in that unlike going to the gym and, and using a dumbbell or a barbell while you're where you isolate certain muscles you when you do an exercise on a suspension trainer it really engages uh, multiple parts of your body and pretty much no matter what exercise you're doing always engages your core muscles so it's very functional exercise now the reason we went with the rope in a bag system rather than a TRX is that the rope in a bag costs $20. The TRX system costs uh, anywhere from 150 to 225 based on which model you pick. Now, there are some obvious differences between the two in that the uh, rope in a bag is made a lot cheaper. And we'll just put it that way. The straps are a lot thinner 
Um, the way they put it together is more economical. But I think, honestly, uh, especially for the price, you get 95% of what a TRX system is for 10% of the cost. So it's a pretty good uh, cost to uh, value benefit. Um, so this will go on to how well does it do it? How well does it perform as a suspension trainer? I honestly couldn't really tell a major difference except with certain exercises. Um, this is kind of hard to explain, but if you look at pictures of both the rope in a bag and a T-Rex system, you'll notice that the TRX system where the two straps come up to the apex point um, where the, the two straps that you are leaning on in any one particular exercise uh, it equalizes through a certain uh, buckle or not a buckle exactly uh, but basically a hinge point the strap will equalize well on the TRX system it has a piece of webbing sewn through so that it can only really equalize so far. Uh, that's honestly uh, a good benefit for certain exercises where uh, if you don't have that sewn piece, it can be a lot harder to maintain your balance. And I'll try to do a, like a video uh, when I get back home to, to show you know what this difference is and but I want to say that uh, after two weeks of using it pretty consistently at home the rope in the bag system did pretty much everything I wanted it to I did all of my normal suspension training exercises and really didn't notice a huge difference between it and the TRX and uh, was able to, to continue working out and doing my routines on it that I the same ones I do here so that that's kind of bring me into um, have I modified this or would I like to see a certain modification from the company and I probably will end up modifying my rope in a bag when I do get home uh, I'm gonna have to figure out how to do that but I'm gonna try to either sew in or do something to create that stop point of where the two straps can equalize to and like I said I hope this is making sense it's really hard to explain without uh, watching some videos of uh, various TRX exercises and really comparing the two seeing it visually other than when your two straps can equalize like indefinitely it makes it a lot harder to do certain exercises because you have to engage a lot more of your core to, to maintain the same amount of balance uh, so I will end up trying to modify it somehow so that at that pivot point at the top where the two where it's actually like one strap but you know where the two pieces come down that it will only equalize so far to each side um, and that would be something even if it just raised the cost 
uh, a few bucks, I think it would be something worth it for the company to go ahead and, and sew on an extra piece of webbing to the rope in a bag. And that, that would definitely um, make a lot more user-friendly um, like the TRX. Um, now, like I said, the TRX is built a lot beefier in a sense. So you have a lot bigger buckles and bigger bigger webbing and um, that translates into certain uh, deficiencies in the rope in a bag one of which is that it, it quotes it's quoted as having a working weight of 300 pounds meaning if you're beefier than 300 pounds and you still want to use a suspension trainer you should probably bump up to the TRX see if I can actually I want to go ahead and read off just some of the product features of the rope in a bag it says the portable cam buckle rope suspension training system is made in the USA the system comes with two adjustable cam buckles to easily adjust the height of a workout one Lark's knot loop door anchor you also receive a 6x9 drawstring bag to store your workout system after your workout it's kind of handy honestly if you don't want to leave it um, hung up or you want to take it on the road with you travel a lot or just want to take it on vacation with you that's kind of handy it also says you can anchor the system by using the anywhere strap uh, or with the built-in door anchor each strap is made of quarter inch rope, one and three eighths inch foam handles, and a one and a half inch foot strap that is attached to the end of a one inch webbing by a cam buckle so you can easily adjust the height of the handle. We make the system, you design the workout. If you want to complete your rope tra suspension trainer, you would need to purchase one of the many training programs that are off offered on Amazon. Else you can go many of the websites which give out free instructions that have performed different types of suspension exercises. And for that, I would uh, recommend going on to YouTube and just putting into the search engine uh, TRX exercises and you can find pretty much everything you want. Uh, part of the product description is building or build body strengthening build body strengthening somebody wrote that very poorly um, you build body strength with your own weight these are body weight exercises very portable and easy to use and very adjustable perfect for beginners to expert and I, I would agree with that um, all those statements other than the uh, poor English so I look forward to using this particular piece of equipment when I get home again in fact I'm going to buy a second one so that I can do uh, fully suspended exercises where instead of you know either having my feet in the the handles for say some suspended push-ups I can actually have my feet and my arms 
um, all into these straps and do fully suspended push-ups or whatever ex- other exercise I want to do. I think um, I think that'd be a fun thing to do when I get home. Anyway, if you have any questions for me about this, I've been using the TRX for months now. Shoot me an email. Uh, you need to do that through Tony or email me at the rimfire podcast at gmail.com i'd sure be happy to answer those for you anyway take it easy and we'll talk to you again soon hey ken thanks for sending that in i appreciate it you know there's a lot of stuff there and uh i had thought about get, maybe getting that rope in the bag and like you said i there's a couple of different versions on amazon of it um, one of it, they call it like the military system and it's still by that same company, by that wash or something like that. They call it the military strap trainer. And, uh, I think they're selling theirs on their deal for like 24 bucks or something like that. I don't know if that includes shipping. Uh, but I looked in on Amazon and they go for, you know, pretty much the same prices that you were saying. I did look for the TRX suspension trainers and those go probably used for around like 160 170 dollars uh and then new ones up around like 200 bucks um and I think on some of them you can get different anchor packages and different things like that um and probably if you looked around a little bit more you may be able to find uh, some other stuff, um, from that wasp thing. And this is again from Amazon. They were about $29, um, for some of the different, uh, again, maybe for the military type stuff. So I don't, I'm not exactly hundred percent sure what all the differences would be. I had gone and looked on YouTube and looked at a bunch of the different suspension trainers that people had kind of, uh, DIY. So do it yourself type things. And some of them, you know, were actually pretty clever. Some of them were kind of chintzy. Um, I think you could probably, it's it's hard to say. Once you, if you had a few things already, you could probably make one for like, like maybe around 10 or $15. If you had some extra parts laying around. Um, if you had to buy everything from the hardware store, your straps and buckles and maybe a couple of uh, carabiners and some other things like that. It may end up costing you uh, a little bit more than, than have, than if you were to just go ahead and buy like the rope in a bag type thing. Of course you could probably, if you were handy at sewing um, and had the right needles and the good thread and everything, you could probably go out and make yourself your own TRX type thing. Uh, much beefier one and you would still come out way 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 ahead uh, and I may try and do something like that to where I try and make a uh, a little bit beefier one and uh, I was talking about you know that YouTube stuff and they have people that you know are on there and they sort of show how they made their own stuff some of them uh, yeah like I ever saying before kind of chintzy um, but nobody really goes into real detail of you know, this is the type of webbing that I use, and this is the buckles that I used, and uh, and that type of stuff. So if I do make one, um, even if it turns out kind of crummy at first, I may 
try and throw up a video on YouTube or something like that, and we'll see how that goes. But um, the reason I had got interested in that is um, when I was talking to, when you uh, guys were down and I was talking to you and you were talking about how that thing worked. And so what I did at the gym, now they don't have one, but they have uh, the cables that you can use, like the cable machine, which is sort of like an in-between step of going from using just free weights to using that cable thing. Because when you use that cable thing, a lot of, of the movements and things that you do while you're not suspended are more in line with the uh, suspension trainer system. And that's something that I'd like to do. And I was thinking what I may do is out in the garage, um, I can get up in the attic and I'll just maybe nail in a board in between some of the joists and then, you know, and kind of put it in there, maybe even with some, uh, well, they used to call them like truss hangers. Anyway, they have stuff where you can nail onto them with a metal bracket and then you can slide a board in there and then you, and then I would just drill up a big eye bolt and then be able to kind of go that way. And, uh, then you could support, you know, hundreds and hundreds of pounds that way. Um, but anyway, I liked, I'm like doing the cable thing at the gym and I think that the suspension thing, like you were saying, is going to, it sort of works everything. I, I can definitely tell it's a different workout, um, a lot of times you're having to balance yourself a little bit different. And so I imagine it's going to be even more so with a suspension thing. And especially, you know, since it's only really, um, I'm looking at one here. One of them is something like rope in a bag deal of sand. It's like $19. Then there's another one. Um, that again is like the $29. That's more like the, what they call their military webbing suspension trainer. So I, you know, I don't know. I may go ahead and try that and see see what I like, and it may help just to be able to, um, with one of those, be able to uh, better design a beefier one. So and you know maybe just chalk it up to the cost of uh, development or, or that type of thing. So, and I I wouldn't mind buying the uh, TRX, but man, it's so expensive, and it's so expensive for what you're getting. Because there is no way that that thing should cost that much. It's all basically just a marketing thing. It's you know, it's like one of those deals where they're saying, uh, you know, it's almost like like a people will be convinced that this is uh, is like the shit if if we put this high price tag on there. This thing should probably cost like fifty, sixty dollars tops is what they should be charging you at the most. Um, and so, you know, but, but for you to have to pay $200 or even to buy one used, uh, from eBay or Amazon or something like that, uh, you know, there's still $170, almost 180, you know, once you factor in shipping. So you're almost hell for $20 more. You might as well just buy a brand new one and get like the whole pack. Um, so anyway, uh, thanks again for sending that in, Ken. Stay safe out there, and uh, we will talk to you later. It's time to whip out my pimp cane and beat some knowledge into your heads. So listen up, motherfuckers. There's a show that I've been watching through Netflix, and I don't know if they only have one season of it or if that's just the only thing that's on Netflix. Anyway, it's from Animal Planet. And what it's about, it's called Fatal Attractions. 
and they I'm, I'm fascinated with it the it's about people that own exotic pets and or you know slash dangerous pets so you have like the reptile people then you have like the people that want to keep the big cats so they get lions and cougars and and uh, uh panthers and and uh, tigers and all sorts of shit and then you have people like the reptile people that you know they don't want to just have a uh, you know a grass snake or this or that they want to ultimately they want to have venomous snakes so they want to have like cobras and black mambas and you know diamondback rattlesnakes and all this stuff and then they even had people that uh, a couple of guys that uh, had buffaloes as pets and i don't know if you guys have ever seen a buffalo in real life i have they are fucking huge they're gigantic and they showed these uh, these uh, there was these two different guys but they seem to think that they have this special bond. And it's it's the same thing kind of across the board. What you start to see is once you start to watch several of these episodes is that a lot of the stuff, you start to see a lot of the same kind of mental disorders in people. It's people that are, you know, a lot of times they isolate themselves or if they are, if they do have a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend, they don't, that's pretty much it. They don't really have a lot of, uh, people that are really involved with them close. Maybe on the periphery, but they don't really have anybody who's close with them. And they all seem to think that they have the special bond, and especially the people with the big cats. You know, they think, well, I understand them, and, you know, these cats love me. And even when they get attacked, they all say the same bullshit of, oh, they were just playing, you know, they that really that thing really wouldn't hurt me, and but uh, if you guys get a chance, you should watch those episodes. Again, it's uh, it's Animal Planet's Fatal Attractions. And uh, right now it's on, uh, at least uh, on Netflix. I don't know if it's on something like maybe Hulu or Hulu Plus or anything like that. But um, a fascinating thing. And, uh, you know, it was as funny as in, in a couple of them, People make the arguments, and these were the the people that kept big cats. They say, well, you know, you keep a dog or people will keep a Rottweiler or a German Shepherd or, uh, you know, a Great Dane. And those dogs, they could kill you. They could turn on you any second. And, of course, you know, the, the thing that those people don't understand or don't want to see is that, you know, dogs for thousands of years, humans have been selectively breeding those dogs. And... You know, that kind of brings me to another thing. Is through that breeding, you know, there there were certain traits that are going to be uh, selected. And so, generally, when the when way back when when people were starting to choose choose uh, and the common ancestor was basically the wolf. So, when they were trying to domesticate the dog, domesticate that wolf, what they would do is they would choose the animals that had the least least aggression so they were calm which also meant that they they had they didn't get as afraid 
so they uh, so they, they didn't have as much adrenaline pumping through them you know when they would get stressed and things like that and so you know over generations and generations you would get uh, an animal that you know after many breedings basically is is different than the original so that dog is different than the wolf and like I said before, that kind of brought me to another thing. There's a thing on also on Netflix, which I had seen before. I think it may have originally been like a, maybe it was a National Geographic or maybe it was a, a, a PBS thing. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it was called uh, Dogs Decoded or Decoding Dogs or something like that. And that that's another one that I'd recommend, you know, if, if you're a, a dog fan, that's fascinating to watch. Um, there's several things that, that dogs do that no other uh, no other species does uh, other than humans um, not even chimps um, which you know which people say how smart chimps are and all the stuff that they can do but dogs can do a lot of things that chimps can't do uh, they can get concepts that chips chimps excuse me <laughs> chips that chimps cannot um, and a lot of that has to do with what they were bred for, how they were bred, but basically, you know, we have bred the dog over over hundreds of years, hundreds and thousands of years to be our companion and to work with us type thing. So anyway, uh, both of those shows, super fascinating, uh, but especially, you know, I'm, I'm a big dog person, so uh, I, I found that dog thing especially really very, very interesting, some of the things that they did, so... Uh, and I'd like to actually find out more. Uh, you know, a lot of times on these shows, you don't... A lot of times these shows leave me, at, at least, with more questions than answers. So, anyway, I think I have rambled on long enough. Thanks, you guys, for downloading and sticking with me and all that kind of jazz. Um, again, if you want to send in something to the show, you can do it either by email, uh, which is thearmedape at gmail.com, or go ahead and use the uh, voicemail. 206-745-8181-206-745-2731. All right, monkeys, I will talk to you next time.
guy's got a monkey scrotum and he's bragging about it. Teeny!